There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. On today's episode, I sit down with BAFTA winning actor Molly Windsor and it's a lovely little chat. It's incredible when you look at, when I was doing the research for this episode, that for somebody who's still only 23 to have accomplished such an incredible body of work um, from, we, I mean, we touch upon the unloved and three girls and we don't even get round to talking about incredible recent shows like Tracy's and Cheat. Um, Molly's an absolute delight, which you're about to find out. Um, also, before we get on with the episode, uh, just a few thank yous. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. And if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, then when you finish listening to my chat with Molly, um, go and explore the back catalogue. If you like you know, incredible British actors, then listen to my episodes with Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, Joe Hartley, uh, Michael Smiley... Uh, there's stacks. Go and uh, go and have a rummage uh, in the uh, in the back catalogue because I'm sure you'll find some some wonderful chats there to get stuck into. Um, and also, uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, there is an option to do that and get even more content as well. Uh, and that's done at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash off the beaten track, uh, you can sign up for about 71p a week. And what happens is instantly you get access to a few hundred uh, episodes that have never been released to the the general public, and you also get access to video episodes each week, radio shows, and, and just loads more other stuff. But fundamentally, you know, your 71p, you know, all goes in the pot to kind of help help with this uh, podcast, which is a, uh, well, it, I keep saying it's a labour of love. It is a labour of love, but it's just so much fun, and it's been something that has been an absolute joy, you know, over the last year or so of this, you know, weird place that, you know, the world finds itself in at the moment. It's been a, a lovely distraction and uh, and it's kept me connected with some wonderful creative people. Uh, and this is one of them. And so it gives me great pleasure to uh, introduce today's episode. Please enjoy Off The Beaten Track podcast with Molly Windsor. It's Off The Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we are recording. Joining me today via the means of Zoom, Molly Windsor. Hello. 
Hi, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm excited to have this chat today. And uh, thanks for sending over your song choices in advance. I don't know why you kind of have this mental image of like what people are going to be into. It's quite presumptuous, but there's definitely a few on there that I didn't expect. So I'm, I'm quite curious to find out um, where they come from. Um, but ahead of going through your song choices, Molly, I just want to sort of touch upon the last sort of year, really, and, and ask you how you found it personally and, and how you found it creatively. Um, it's been weird, hasn't it? It's, it's just been weird. Um, I think because I'm used to being away, like when you do come home, you make the most of seeing your family and like home time is always really precious. Um, so to not be able to do those things and, and to see those people, you kind of, it's just weird. You don't know what to do. And I think the thing that I've struggled most with is all the guilt, <laughs> Because it's like I'm, I'm really close to my grandparents and my nan's living on her own. And it's sort of the guilt that I'm not going to see her, but then the guilt if I do see her. And it, it's just a lot of pressure on individuals. Um, but it's nothing you can really do, just hang tight. So. And what about creatively? Have, have you had an opportunity to sort of, did you get to work socially distanced? Has there been anything, you know, work-wise in, in, uh, you know, over the last year? Um. Just little bits and bobs. I did a, a music video actually um, with a really really cool artist called Arlo Parks, um, and that video was a story sort of about friendship and um, sort of being there for each other. So that was a really beautiful day out where I got to go and get lots of hugs and be friends, and it felt quite normal and quite nice because um, I was a bit nervous about the whole socially distanced thing mm. in terms of work, but we found our feet with it and it was fine and it was really nice that that's, that's still there. Wonderful. Uh, Molly, let's talk records. And for track one, I'm going to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Um, I chose Thunderstruck by ACDC. Why? I think it's one of those, because growing up, um, my parents were really into classic rock music. Um, and it's just all these sort of songs that I just thought everyone my age knew and they didn't. And I remember doing like a an IT, I think it was like a radio show or something we had to make at school. And I was going to do a radio show about like movies and stuff. And you know that scene in um, 300 where it goes, this is Sparta. <laughs> yeah. I got that one. And then I got Thunderstruck come in. And then I got all these sort of quotes from different films popping in and out. And it's just like... I just think it's a really great intro and a really great song. So was you kind of exposed to, to lots of music? Was there always records on at home growing up? Yeah, completely. And I mean, um, there was a guy that, because my brother was always in bands, um, there was a guy that sort of came to gigs with us and he was really cool and, and he was just sort of um, a guy called Jeff. And then as I got a bit older and I started listening to what he was talking to my parents about and I realised that he's um, the guitar tech for ACDC and has been for years. Wow. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, you're just the guy with long hair and wears shorts and sort of comes and comes to gigs with us. Um, so I kind of really didn't get the value of it until I got a bit older. Um, but my mum's really into music and she was a big influence on us. And so, um, so where was this? Where was you born, Molly? 
Derby. Okay. And so was you going to kind of, you said your brother was in band, so what was you doing the kind of local gig circuit with him? Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> it's mad when you think about it. They they did gigs abroad in like Turkey and um, and because my mum was sort of facilitating it for them, we all sort of went together. So when I was, what, 10, 11, I, I was going off on onto gigs and mum was sneaking me into like bikers clubs and... Um, yeah quite a weird sort of childhood when you look back on it but it was amazing and it was just sort of what we did and that was our family okay well let's talk about um the kind of more formative years because for track two molly i'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please um i chose the ballad of richie lee by spiritualized um i don't know anything about the band (laughs) But the first film that I worked on, um, The Unloved, that was sort of the end song to it. And I remember seeing it for the first time when I was really young and really I couldn't articulate what I felt about the film. I couldn't articulate how I felt about the whole filming process because it had such a big impact on me. And I remember going to see it and then there's a scene at the end where I'm just sat on a bus and, and it's kind of like a big reflection moment. Um, and that song's playing and that song just stayed, it broke me to pieces and I just sobbed. Um, but it's just really stayed with me. It's a, it's a beautiful record. And, and, and I, um, I recently listened to Samantha Morton on Desert Island Discs and I, I did hear via that, that she's a huge spiritualized fan. And, and so that film, am I right in saying was kind of put together by Samantha yeah, she um, she co-wrote it with Tony Grassoni. Um, it was based on an original idea that she had when she was about 16. And then she directed it. So that was my first sort of um, experience filming. And she really took me under her wing. And um, she was definitely steering the ship on that one. How did you get that part? Um, I was going to... A sort of Saturday drama group um, but I'm so lucky that I, I was there because I hated acting I hated really <laughs> hated it all yeah but then I went to this drama group it's now called the Talent First Organisation and they really focused on um, sort of the psychology and, and finding the truth in a scene and, and those moments and making it like real life and that was really interesting to me um, but I hated drama at school um, so I was lucky to be part of this group and then they were having sort of open auditions and I just kind of went along and it all went from there, really. OK. Well, you've, you've just mentioned school there. So for track three, I'm going to ask you about the song that reminded you of your time at school, please, Molly. I chose um, the live version of Pieces Free by Blackstone Cherry. Okay. I mean, I didn't see that one coming. So explain the kind of love of Blackstone Cherry and where that's come from. That's really deep-rooted. That's um, I went to see them. They were supporting a band called Alterbridge. Um, and seeing them live, it, it just sort of... It was a proper experience that I'd never had. Um, and it was just amazing that because I think I looked at music as something that my brother did and something 
musical people did and I didn't really have a connection to it and because my mum was always into rock bands um we sort of I appreciated it but I was never involved in it and then I went to see Blackstone Cherry and they played this song and I remember Chris Robertson the lead singer saying right okay I want everyone to hold hands with the people next to you and you're in this massive arena with all these like big hairy guys and sort of suddenly everyone's in tears everyone's holding hands and it is this real group experience um but I just think they're awesome and I've I've seen them several times and um it was when I was at school that that that's when I sort of discovered them and yeah I I was one of those kids that always had their earphones and in lessons and I was just listening to Blackstone Cherry on repeat so could you draw the sort of the the comparisons from like I mean you mentioned Alter Bridge which is I would say it's probably a bit heavier than than uh Blackstone Cherry but could you like Blackstone Cherry could you kind of see the kind of similarities between that more traditional rock that maybe you was exposed to growing up yeah I think I I wasn't really into like um I always ended up at those gigs because that's what we were doing it wasn't like a decision and then they were the first band like I'd never really heard anyone play them before at home and there was just something magic about them and something about um, the fact that they're all from Kentucky and, like, they never shied away from that. But then at the same time, it wasn't like a gimmick. It, it was just something really sort of truthful. And um, I just thought they were really cool. And because I'd sort of discovered them for me and it was me that had the love of them, it became, like, my thing, um, which I think you always have a band like that when, when you're 14, 15. Um and I still love them now. They're probably my favourite band. So just to touch on, on, on school uh, for a bit, Molly, like, did you enjoy it? No. <laughs> you didn't? Not at all, no. What didn't you like about school? Um, I liked primary school, um, but secondary school, it was just... <sighs> the kids didn't want to be there. The teachers didn't want to be there. Um, there was a couple of good teachers and, and I enjoyed their lessons but apart from that the teachers didn't like kids um, I mean that, that would be a, quite a, a helpful thing if they did wouldn't it yeah but it's kind of when you talk to people they always say oh yeah there was always that one teacher that just didn't um, but yeah it was just something and because I'd filmed the In Love with Sam I'd found sort of where my heart was and um, and school just dragged. It really dragged. And um, and then when I went to college, I loved it. And it, it was a really different experience because you, you've got people from different backgrounds and different families. And it, it was a really social environment, whereas school was just sort of everyone was enduring it. I don't think anyone really enjoyed it. You mentioned that earlier that, you know, you wasn't a, a big fan of acting you know, when you was when you was younger, was it kind of getting that role that sort of transformed things and made that something that you decided was a you know a, you know career path that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, completely. I think um, I was so lucky that that was my first job and that um, the way that Sam works and and the way that the unloved was, it meant that I've got a really healthy relationship to acting. It's really creative. It's really um, just kind of pure and really um, it was true love sort of thing. 
and there's other jobs that you do that aren't quite like that and I think that set the bar and that that was the way that I wanted to work um so that really informed me in in the kind of work that I wanted to do and and at the time I was so young so I couldn't really articulate it or or find my place in the industry but I knew that that was what I wanted I wanted more time on set making making scenes and and then yeah it was great was you confident no <laughs> no um do you mean on the unloved no just just growing up was you a confident you know child um not particularly I think at school I just sort of disconnected um and I think for me when when I felt uncomfortable like barriers just come up and I just step back um and I think it's more kind of now that I've you get more confident with experience um but yeah not really (laughs) what about drive would you say you're driven Molly obviously in the career path that you've chose you know acting is you know, very competitive and, you know, there can be lots of knocks and stuff like that. So I just wondered if, you know, you've got a, you know, quite a, quite a sort of of strong sense of drive. Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's more, um, my mum's, I've never met anyone like my mum in the sense that if you want to do something, we're going to do it. Um, she's always encouraged us to sort of, um, dream big and really go for it and there was none of this sort of like oh you want to be an actor it was none of that it was like great um let's do this and she was really encouraging and um I think that was really helpful as well because I, I kind of got this quiet sort of faith that it was just going to happen um and I think uh, Martin Arrowsmith who was my agent at the time and who worked at the studio that I was part of he sort of told me a lot about timing and, and saying just wait for the right project and um I think that really helped me that it was that sort of quiet drive of we're gonna do this. Well let's stay in the formative years uh for track four. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Molly, I'm going to ask you for the first song you remember buying from a record shop. Um, I remember buying I'm Out of Love by Anastasia. <laughs> Still a fan? No, not, not <laughs> That's always the one. I was trying to think, what was the first one that I bought? I think like this is, that, that's the sort of song choice where when people send their answer, that's the one that like is never necessarily the coolest one. But I quite like the fact that your first record's not always like the coolest track. It's like, I think you should start somewhere. You, you just buy, I, th- I think you just buy your first tracks that just sound infectious and sound catchy and that your friends are listening to and stuff like that. At the time you think it's so cool. Mm. Hey, absolutely. Of course. And I mean, what were you? I mean, you said that you was at school with your headphones in, listening to Blackstone Cherry. Was there much of a tribe at school? Was you know, was there other people that were into kind of in your your kind of sort of circle of friends that were into kind of rock and metal and stuff like that? No, not at all. Um, it's funny because when I went to college, there was a lad in our year that absolutely loved Blackstone Cherry, and we would sit at the back of the college bus, like playing it through our phones and. Um, but at school, it, it was just it was just me and Blackstone Cherry. <laughs> there was no one else hanging out with us. And and just for you know, I'm, I'm curious to ask as as you know somebody who sort of broke through as a child actor, like how did you find you know the attention at a, at a young age? You know, from you know from people at school, from friends, from people on the street, and stuff like that. How did you deal with that? Um, I think because the film that we made and I was so young it, it was really difficult coming back to school when no one might it wasn't the sort of film that 11 year olds would be watching sure and so though I remember there was one girl um who was really put out by the fact that I'd done it because she was getting A's in drama and I was failing drama um and she was in every place she got the lead and then I went off to do this filming thing and then suddenly I was on tv and I remember her saying to me at school, you only got that part because you're a greasy-haired greb. Um, <laughs> and I was like... A what? A greasy-haired oh greb? You're a greasy-haired greb. Um, you look like a tramp, and that's why you got the job. You're not going to get anything else because that was lucky. Um, yeah, she was a nasty piece of work. Greasy-haired um, greb. You want to put that on the CV? I'm loving that. <laughs> It's kind, of stuck. it's kind of stuck. I'm the greasy-haired greb that didn't go to drama school. <laughs> and so, as, as obviously, like, you've, you, your career's kind of gone on and on. And, and you know, just, I'm sure over lockdown, so many people have, have, have revisited, uh, you know, some of the, the recent dramas that you've done. Um, it, it was, it was um, three girls that I first saw you in, and, and I, I thought you was absolutely incredible in it, Molly. And... And I just wonder, as, as, as these shows have started to go on, and you, you know, and you've become a very recognisable face, how do you sort of deal with that now? Um, it's just one of those things. It, it's quite... Um, it's really nice when people are really connected to a show or they really love it, or... Um, and Three Girls was one that was so important and so... I, I was working in a cafe at the time when it came out and suddenly I was having these conversations with grooming with, you know, middle-aged couples that were in buying scones and it, it it's really nice that you sort of 
see your work in the real world of, of people talking about it and it affecting people. Um, but not every job's going to be like that. There's going to be jobs that some people don't like and and that's fine. I think it's just keeping your priority of, of wanting to work and and I think the hardest thing is, is still taking risks and because um, I think that's when you're going to do your best work. And if you focused on what everyone else is thinking, you're never going to take those risks. Um, so, yeah, just there at a time, really. And I also saw, we, we touched upon it before we, we hit record, I just want to ask you about it because I'm, I'm incredibly jealous, uh, that you got to work with both Maxine and Johnny Marr. So tell me about that project. It was just really fun and really cool. Um, Maxine's amazing. And I hadn't met Johnny before, and he he's just walking cool. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice just getting to hang out with Johnny in, in Manchester. And um, the piece itself was a... It was written by a homeless man um, that was in The Big Issue. And it was something he wrote when he was on the streets, and he's now off the streets. And he was on set as well, and just chatting to him. It was just a really cool day, really. Yeah very jealous of that one molly um track five um uh, the song that soundtrack i mean you're you're still very young so i'm sure clubbing still you know something that uh, should be enjoyed so but i'm going to ask you uh, to pick a song that soundtracked uh, some of your time clubbing please i chose low uh by flowrider do you still like a bit of clubbing yeah yeah i think it it's just weird to think of real life again and everyone like dancing and sweaty and it's um, it's, it's, it's crazy Molly I, I run a nightclub uh and it's been shut for over a year and I can't at first it seemed so strange having like a venue that I'd been at for like 28 years and mm. And for there to be like a week when I wasn't there was surreal. And it was like, oh, it'd be back open again next month. Like, let's just get this thing out of the way. You know, a year later, and there's still absolutely no sign of, you know, the th- I mean, just you say it becomes strange. What initially was strange to imagine it not being there, it now seems strange to envisage six, 700 people sweating in a room together, jumping around. It just seems crazy to even envisage that. And I just, I do feel sorry for, you know, the, the younger generation my daughter turned 18 during lockdown and literally was like let's just you know you know she should be throwing up blue wkd <laughs> into a gutter not not having a pizza with her mum and dad it was like it was it was a real shame i do think that you know they especially as well starting university and things like that i think it's such a shame that you're not getting to experience all of these things but yeah, and it does. It just seems like a, a long way away that people will be able to go and socialise and, 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 and club. But where was clubbing for you? Um, Nottingham, really. Um, so where I live is kind of in between Nottingham and Derby. Um, but Nottingham's a great night out because there's so much variety of, um, you know, you can go for fancy tapas and cocktails and then you end up in propaganda and um, it's good. It's a really good night out in Nottingham. Where's propaganda? It's, you know, the lace market. I don't think it's there anymore, actually. Yeah. I think it might shut down, but it was in the lace market in Nottingham. Um, and then Rock City, was that ever on the uh, agenda? 
I did a couple of nights at Rock City. I think because it's further out, yeah. Um, you have to sort of go knowing that you're going there. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's take you home for this one. Also, just popped in my. I, I'm sure spiritualised if I'm not in them. Are they? Yeah. I'm sure spiritualised if I'm not in them. I'll, I, I will check that. And if uh, listeners are just screaming at their at their computer now saying no, they're not. But I'm sure spiritualised if I'm not in them. Hmm. I'll check that one. Um, so taking you home, Molly, uh, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Um, it's a song called Storms We Ride by Farron. Um, so Farron are actually my brother's band and my boyfriend's band. Um, so it made, made sense to choose them. And this song I kind of like, they've recently released like an acoustic version of it, which is really good. Um, but it just feels very appropriate and I think the vocals in it are amazing and it it just kind of hit home when I listened to it the other day. And so what what does your brother do and what does your boyfriend do in the band? Uh, My brother's the drummer and my boyfriend's the guitarist. Okay, and what sort of thing can people expect from from that band? Uh, They're very... uh, My boyfriend's biggest influence is Alter Bridge. So if you think that kind of vibe, sort of hard rock, um, yeah, I'd say that vibe. Okay. So for your last track, this is uh, where you get to sort of turn people onto something new, Molly. And I'm going to ask you for a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear, please. I chose Champion by Bishop Briggs. And I, I never know how much Bishop Briggs is well known. Um, I definitely think she's got bigger, but it is one of my favourite songs by her, and, and she was someone that I sort of discovered a couple of years ago. Um, and I think this song is one of those that it just needs to be listened to loud. <laughs> it's one of those really um, like a pick me up song, and I think everyone should have one of those, like a go to. Well. I just want to ask you then on, on, on that, what you just said then, like a, a pick-me-up song. If you're having a, a, a low day and you're feeling a bit blue, do you reach for something to kind of lift you out of it or are you quite comfortable to sort of process them emotions and listen to something, you know, more sombre and, and, and kind of, you know, immerse yourself in that emotion for a while? Um, I, it depends it depends, really. I've got playlists for, like, everything. Um, so sometimes, like, I've got playlists for if I'm going to castings. I've got playlists for, like, if I'm, um, like, parts that I've done. And if I'm, like, quite nostalgic, I've got ones that I can go straight back to. And my family members find it a bit weird, but I've got, like, playlists for each of them, so I'll listen to what one of them listens to as... Um, it depends, really. I do quite like some uh, like melodic music and that kind of vibe, but I'm one of those people that's always got to have something on. So whatever it is, it's loud and it's on. Can you tell me a little bit more about you know what what you you know the process of you know you said you've got like sort of playlists for for characters uh, and and for casting. So is that do you put yourself in a mind frame of 
what that character would listen to or like what, what's the kind of process for putting together a, a playlist like that I kind of think about like um so like if there's particular scenes that um I go oh I've experienced that or or there's a song that taps me into that so then you I kind of start with stuff that um comes from me and then slowly I'll build it up with stuff that the character might listen to or um if it's from a, a certain time period or if it's a location then then going into that world and, and kind of making sort of like a three-dimensional playlist of a world for a character um because I think sometimes you can you can talk in a rehearsal room till you're blue in the face and it's just easier just to have that song that just takes your brain there straight away Wonderful. Molly, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast with all of your song choices and, and, and some of the other songs that we've we've nattered about today. As we find ourselves, we're recording this at the uh, on the 16th of February, as, as we see sort of 2021 starting to unfold, what what would you like to see come from this year personally and what's coming up? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Professionally? Um, personally, I just want to see a bit of sunshine. <laughs> 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 I'm not having big expectations or any, um I went on a walk yesterday and the sun came out for about half an hour and it was so nice. Um, it's ridiculous, it isn't it? Like so long since summer. We had we had a day about five days ago, and and the sun was out, and it was just before we we got a lot of snow down here, and and like just just walking out and feeling the sun on your face, there is something that this lockdown has definitely done, and you know this whole year I think has. I don't want to come across like a, a crazy old hippie, but I do think you start to appreciate some of the little things, like you say, sunshine. You know, it was just like feeling the sun on your face was so lovely, right? I keep like reminiscing like, oh, in lockdown one, when I was <laughs> bored, but it was warm and I got a tan. And <laughs> Oh, no. Lockdown one, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be in the garden with a drink in the sun. Oh, well, hopefully it'll be a pub garden next time the sun shines and, and there'll be a little bit more freedom. What's coming up professionally, Molly? I don't know what I'm allowed to say. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm hopefully filming something next month. Um, fingers crossed. So looking forward to getting back to it. 
And if people want to keep up to speed on everything you're doing, where's the best place to, to, to sort of keep up to speed with, with uh, all things Molly Windsor? Um, I'm on Instagram. That's probably my go-to. Okay. Um, talking about projects and that. Wonderful. Molly, it's been a real delight talking records with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, it's been, been good. Oh, lovely. Thank you. There you go. Molly Windsor. What an absolute delight she was. Um, yeah, honestly, if uh, if you've not seen uh, so many of you know Molly's uh, pieces of work, then then go and check them out. I mean, the Unloved is 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 an incredible incredible piece of film. Um, three girls. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's on Netflix or Prime at the moment, um, and that's a, a, you know an incredibly hard hitting and powerful uh, piece of television. And yeah, Tracy's and Cheap. Both incredible things that I've watched, you know, over lockdown, uh, which I'm sure both of them are on either. They're on one of the streaming services, Netflix, Prime, iPlayer. They're, they're on there because I've watched them recently. So, yeah, go and get stuck in. And if you get a chance to watch The Runaways as well, incredible film, go and watch that. Um, but, yeah, um, thanks ever so much for listening. Thanks loads to Molly again. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, if you like hearing my chats with um, with actors, then go and listen to me talking to Joe Hartley, Amanda Abington, Maxine Peake, uh, Michael Smiley, Thomas Turgus, uh, Helen Behan. Um, yeah, loads. There's, there's stacks, and that's without touching on the... The musicians as well. You can hear me talking to Foo Fighters, Tommy Lee, and Motley Crue, Fatboy Slim, uh, Chuck D, a Public Enemy. There's there's bundles. Go and have a, a, a right old look about, and uh, and I'm sure you'll find something that you you will enjoy. I've told you all about the Patreon at the beginning, so I won't bore you with that again. But your one stop shop for everything you need to know about this podcast is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Thanks ever so much. I'll see you soon. Bye bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year, and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music, and they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable, and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. 
and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping.